Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello, Ghanaians. Good evening. And thank you very much for joining us here on Upfront on the Joy News Channel. Well, it's Wednesday, the 9th day of August 2023. Lots of issues happening in the country, and I am sure by now for most of you maybe have been aware of the special prosecutor's freezing of Cecilia Abnadapa's account. Well, if you're not aware, then I'm telling you. Now, that's an, an administrative procedure, and they would then seek uh, approval from the court. So if you wanted an update on that particular issue, this is just by way of update. But for many of you over the last three days, again, that conversation about the Bank of Ghana has come up in your vehicles, in your homes, in your offices, and even on radio. You've had the minority NDC giving the governor of the Bank of Ghana an ultimatum. They say resign in 21 days or will be forced to chase you out of office, meaning they will be marching to his office to demand his resignation. You've asked us all the question or two, you've said, why would they want to do that? But you've also been concerned about the losses as posted by the Bank of Ghana. You've asked yourself, how in God's name would a bank that made 1.2 billion Ghana cities profit in 2021 make a loss of some 60.8 billion Ghana cities? You've asked a simple question, why would the Bank of Ghana make these losses, which you believe could make it insolvent and in some instances unable to perform its function? Well, the critical question is, does this necessarily mean that the Bank of Ghana is insolvent? And I'm sure there are many of you who would argue and say, well, the Bank of Ghana is, uh, you know, a policy institution. Yes, it can lend money to government. It can lend money to you know, other banks when they're in distress. But the Bank of Ghana's real role or main role is not to make profit, but to ensure that it's able to particularly deal with monetary policy and be able to supervise banks to ensure that our banks are safe. Now, this evening, we want to get answers to all of these questions. Most importantly, 
whether the losses as declared by the Bank of Ghana make it insolvent. Two, what would it even mean for the Bank of Ghana's role as the supervisor of our banks? And three, what does it mean for the Ghanaian economy? Are there experiences from other countries which would tell us that, well, this is something that happens and that we should not be so scared? When we return after this break, I'll be introducing my guest to you. My name is Winston Amoa, and this is Upfront on the Join News Channel. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Kwajo, why are you late? Yes, Kwajo, why are you late again? Kwajo, can't you talk? See, mommy, I could lie like Amma. And say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Emma and say I was helping Grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Emma. I was playing with my friends. And that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for not lying to me. Your Calipo is in the fridge. Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Oh, V, you know that. This advert is FDA. Good morning. Welcome to Joy News Desk. My name is Aisha Brian. Let me tell you, there's not a small job at all. What can you report from the Fana community? We are still sounding the alarm for people who are hiding to know that help has come. The board is supposed to be meeting this morning to deliberate on this nominee. Yes, this problem has been recurring over time. The people have invested their, the fruits of their excellence and you want to throw it away because you think you can. No, you, it's not lawful for him to do it, period. What's the basis that these uh, financial assurances will be giving latest today? If you follow what has transpired over the week, we got the information when the president addressed uh, the media celebration indicating that China is going to come on board. Hello and welcome. 
welcome to season two of the real estate show this is a buena vista homes real estate edition proudly sponsored by buena vista homes your ideal for perfect home just got settled you can have this that or even that but that's not all an environment that is dotted with the most carefully crafted homes, well demarcated spaces and everything that makes you feel comfortable. In this season of the Real Estate Show, the Buena Vista Homes Real Estate Show, everything you need in a home will be disguised. Peace, comfort, security and every other thing real estate related. Don't miss this edition of the Buena Vista Homes Real Estate Show with me, Ephia Fukua. So welcome back and thank you very much for joining us here on Upfront on the Joy News Channel. My name is Winston Amwaifi Just Union. And this evening our focus is on the Bank of Ghana's losses. A lot of you have been talking about it. You've asked yourself questions. You've asked what it means for the Ghanaian economy, what it means for the banking sector, and whether it means that the Bank of Ghana is going to be uh, insolvent. Uh, but um, this evening we're joined by one man together with, uh, one, uh, with, together with K.K. Frimpon. Now, they've actually... Uh, written a research extensively on uh, you know the Bank of Ghana's losses. They've uh, you know shown uh, losses in other countries. He's uh, you know him as a banking consultant, Dr. Richmond Etuahene. Dr. Etuahene, good evening and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Wilson. Great, uh, great. So I've been I've, I've been reading your uh, you know uh, article with uh, Mr. Frimpong, and it looks like we don't have a problem, right? Uh, we just need raise a few concerns here or there, but um, like you've uh, proven, uh, does it really matter that the Bank of Ghana has made such losses? Thank you very much, Wilson. I think it really matters. It really matters because uh, in, the, in the international finance, I mean, international banking, you are not, an, you are not in an island. Mm. You're part of the, the group that whenever we call on banking and if a central bank in our case find himself in the situation he find himself it really matters those who are saying doesn't matter and they use what we call the policy solvency yeah. it is only in the eyes of Ghanaian that makes it not matter but if you move globally because you have an account with fed you had an account with the bank of england and you have an account with the, the bundestag the Bundesbank. And if you have account with these global huge institutions where you save your money, and one day they realize that your, your capital is in, you are insolvent or capital negative, the question that how would they look at you? How would they perceive you? So those who say that, maybe in the, in the, in the sphere of Ghana, it may not look any terrible, but with what we call prestige and image, prestige and image be, be in the eyes of your correspondent banks, it really, really, really matter. 
Those countries which people have cited, if you look at the whole literature, which you have read it, there is none of them that had to go through this, what we call the DDEP or what have you. Their cases are foreign exchange losses, financing government businesses, which haven't had very well, but they never experienced, of all the 10 countries, that I have done the research. None of them experienced... What yes, yes but talking about, you know, being insolvent, I'm just looking at your research. You make the point that, look, um, a central bank to be insolvent, and you make reference to Fry, who in 1990 makes the point that a central bank can be seen as insolvent when it cannot continue to... Uh, when it can continue to service its liabilities only through accelerating inflation. And you say this implies that as long as the central bank can service its debt through accumulation of additional debt, thereby avoiding an acceleration of inflation, it cannot be considered as insolvent. So a central bank should therefore be considered insolvent if it can only continue to service its debt through accelerating inflation or decelerating growth. And you, so based on that, isn't that in itself uh, a bit of, um, you know, uh, an acknowledgement of the fact that it will be too early to see the Bank of Ghana as insolvent. Dr. Etiani. Hello, Doc. Can you hear me? Yes, Dr. Etiani. Yeah, that is what I told you that. You're only looking from Friar. Friar's experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Please yes, go I ahead. Yes, I can hear you. Yes, please go ahead. Can I, I can hear you. Yes. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you're only quoting Fry. But there are other literatures that you might have read in, in the article, and some are very explicit. But you will say it doesn't matter. It matters. But if you talk about inflation, monetary targeting, inflation targeting, and you yourself are not worth of what you cost, how would other people see you? So it really matters. Friam make that statement based on a certain parameters and that parameters is not part of our parameters our parameters is completely different we have inflation as 43 today we have policy rate at 30 percent i mean we have (laughs) currency depreciation galloping so when he said when that he never he was not actually referring to I think, we have a, a, I think we have a bit of challenge with your connectivity, but um, if I hear you, you're making reference to other literature. But let me just get to something. We'll come back to all of this. But let's start off here. So we know that, I mean, the courses, okay? We know that the Bank of Ghana clearly had, uh, you know, lent money to government. Now, Dr. Chani, this is what I want us to do. I want us to get a better understanding of that. Now, under the circumstances that we found ourselves, could the Bank of Ghana have done otherwise? Hello, Dr. Etienne, if you can um, hear me. I am asking if the Bank of Ghana could have done otherwise, probably as in uh, not have uh, given money to government during our most trying moments. Okay, so I think that uh, we're having some challenges. Okay, so we have um, 
Dr. Etuani back. Yes, Dr. Etuani, if you can hear me, I was asking whether the Bank of Ghana could have done anything else apart from, uh, you know, lending money to government at one of our most trying moments. Well, in a trying moments, one would have ex expect that. They would have gone to Parliament and seek prior approval before what they, what they did. Because the law says that the Bank of Ghana Act 612, Act 2002, amended 916216, it says that you cannot do more than 5% of your previous revenue. Mm. And I believe if they have gone to Parliament to seek prior approval, this would not be, have been a news at all. It wouldn't have been news at all. Because then the Parliament would have been kept informed what Bank of Ghana was going to do. Unfortunately, this was not done. It has only come to light after the IMF came and did their own report. So that is that makes that case a bit dicey. That makes it a bit dicey. So if I get you right, um, you know, but for the decision not to seek parliamentary approval, you would see you don't see anything wrong with what the Bank of Ghana did. I see something wrong because they have breached their own act. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, that apart from the fact that they have breached their act, which you say they could have gone to parliament, you know, to address that breach, you don't see anything wrong with uh, what the Bank of Ghana did by giving so much money to government? Well, that is where we have ended up in higher inflation. I mean, if you inject so much money into the economy, far above the productive capacity, then you are creating inflation in the system. The inflation that is coming in, coming now, what we are experiencing, is but push, cost push inflation would come from the import side. But for the monetary side, it's due to, basically due to what was pumped into the economy when there was no product, productive capacity to absorb that money. As if money has been created for absolutely for no production. And that reflects in the, the inflation we are experiencing at the moment. So if you look at the inflation and you only attack the cost side of it, then you're leaving the monetary side. Then you have a dichotomy that you keep on fighting. And today, my research has been proved again that inflation has gone up. So it, it, is, it supports my work that I have done. Yeah, but I mean, talking about that, I mean, you have other economists like, uh, you know, Professor Charles Zaka who would argue uh, that, you know, central bank financing in itself is not a bad thing once it could, put into, it could be put into productive sectors of the economy. He's an advocate of, uh, you know, the central bank exactly. funding government. He's talked about it consistently and said it's not a bad thing if you could put it to good use. So why do you say that just because of that, that's where we find ourselves? Well, it wasn't put in, you have answered yourself, for instance, it wasn't put in productive use. When we say productive use, if we have directed this investment into, say, agric, seriously, the whole agric, identifying the onions that we are importing, the tomatoes that we are importing, and the rice that we are importing, if all this funding has gone in, I believe it will be a short-term issue. In the medium to long term, the inflation would not have meant much to us. But if it goes into what is happening that's gone in without productive capacity, then the inflation, what the professor is saying is right. If you go into productive capacity, you don't have any problem. But if you go into consumption, then you're going to have this inflation as 
so, yeah, so then the issue would be uh, that, you know, for instance, if the Bank of Ghana gives money to government, it will give the money to government, then it's up to government to uh, decide what to use the money for. So shouldn't that be more of a problem of government instead of, uh, say, the Bank of Ghana? Thank you very much. If you're going to, let me give you a, a scenario. If you today walk to a bank and say you're looking for a loan or any facility, the first, tell them the purpose you're going to use the money. I want to go and borrow and go to Choba and eat. The bank will tell you that. You'll not be able to pay. So that is where the problem is. You're going to lend money to somebody. Did you see what he was going to use the money? And if you saw what he was going to, was he going to add value to the economy? Or is just for value money creation? So that is where we are in a bit trouble. Mm. You've indicated, for instance, that a part of this money was coming uh, during COVID-19, something that is sought parliamentary approval. Uh, The Bank of Ghana gave uh, government some 10 billion Ghana cities in budgetary support. That's also been affected. That's one thing that, at the point, was very necessary, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but the 10 billion support would not have taken us... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. 77 billion. I mean, we should get that fact right. 10 billion would have not taken us to uh, the 77. Take the 16.1, the bonds, and take the 10. At least we have about 50 billion, 51 billion more. That would not have taken us to where we have ended today. As in where we have ended today, as in the 60.8 billion. Yeah, I'm talking about, you are talking about, I'm talking about, I've I've broken down the facilities. Mm -hmm. You said they give 10 billion. Yeah. And then the bonds were 16.1. That gives us 26. But we are talking about 71 from 26. So there was a 51 billion financing. Yes, and yes, I agree with you. By going by 51 billion, hmm, okay. Yes, but I was just asking, I mean, at the time, I mean, there was something, a part that got parliamentary approval. So let's look at the impact, and that's the most important thing, because a lot of people have actually become concerned about this, and they've asked questions about the impact of this. First, on the Bank of Ghana's supervisory role. Now, the Bank of Ghana supervises the bank's Based on what has happened, how do you think that role could be affected? Thank you very much, Wilson. What I will say is that, you know, Bank of Ghana play a critical role in the banking sector. A lot of people don't know. At least the first leg of the transaction is what we call the lender of last resort. In that case, you see, if a bank is is not able to get the liquidity he needs overnight, 
Hi, Doc. I think we're, so I think we're losing you. Disagreement. Where yes, Doc, Doc, if you could, if you could start over all again, uh, that question, if you can answer all, all over again, we lost you at a point. Hello, Doctor. A critical role sector is concerned. And the first thing that comes in, the first thing is what we call the lender of last resort. The lender of last resort means that any bank overnight can go to Bank of Ghana and seek a credit facility if there is in that credit uh, liquidity problem you bring your treasury bills we bank of ghana reorder and then you can have your money and the third one is the emergency liquidity support which bank of ghana did in 2016 2013 2016 which ended up a loss of $85 million to Bank of Ghana in the year 2026. They made a loss, $1.6 billion. But it was because of the liquidity support given to banking institutions that were not properly collateralized. So Bank of Ghana were forced by IML to write it off. So at least in a nutshell, Bank of Ghana plays a critical role and that if it is not solvent, it may potential that's why we say potentially it may affect their regulatory capacity and the ability to support the sector as required okay please hold on for me dr Etiahini. we need to uh, go for a quick break and work on your connectivity uh, this evening we're having a conversation about the bank of ghana's losses and asking the question why does it matter we're joined by dr richmond Etiahini. when we turn after these messages would we'll, um, ask further questions about its impact on the ghanaian economy we'll be right back How do I acquire a litigation-free land or property in this country? Should I buy a house or go through the building process? If I should buy, what are the critical stages and pitfalls? If I should build, how do I get started? Registration of land. Who can help me? Can I just draw my own plan and build? What are the steps in getting a building permit? Rising cost of building materials. Any any other options? These artisan square seems to be ripping me off my money. What can I do? For this and other building-related issues, join Emmanuel Owusu-Ansa on the Pyramid Show every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on your favorite channel, Joy News Television. So welcome back and uh, thank you very much for staying with us. This is Upfront on the Joy News channel and this evening our conversation is on the Bank of Ghana. So uh, we have Dr. Richard Chuahini joining us back this time around on phone because we had an issue or two with Zoom. 
So, Dr. Chaini, let me get back to the question that I asked. I asked a simple question about the impact of this on the Bank of Ghana's supervisory role of the commercial banks and of the financial institutions in the country. Hello, Dr. Chaini, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes, so let's take the question again. I, and if you could reduce the volume on the TV set if it's close to you. Um, I mean, we, we, we asked the simple question about the impact of this on the Bank of Ghana's supervisory role. I can hear you. Yes. So, yes. so, so please go ahead and tell us uh, what you believe will be the impact on the Bank of Ghana's supervisory role. Well, as I said, I mean, Bank of Ghana plays a critical role in the banking sector. Very, very critical role. Especially when we talk about the first leg of lenders, lender of last resort. They provide what we call liquidity support to the banks weekly, monthly, or fortnightly. Any banks that have a liquidity challenge, you can go to Bank of Ghana, and Bank of Ghana will support you for a short term. And where, where they think that there is a need for them to do what we call repo. Repo means that we'll buy your treasury bills, we'll assign your treasury bills to Bank of Ghana, and Bank of Ghana will give you money to, to, to continue to work. And the last one is emergency liquidity support. If you have a maybe a short-term liquidity support, Bank of Ghana may agree to give you what emergency support funding. And this is what actually caused Bank of Ghana losses in 2016. They supported banks. Those banks that needed liquidity, 85 million U.S. dollars, and equivalent to 1.6 billion. These banks failed, so Bank of Ghana had to write it off. That is why in 2016, Bank of Ghana made a loss. And it made a loss because they needed emergency support for the banking sector. So Bank of Ghana plays a very, very important role. All that we are saying is that if care is not taken and is not well managed, it will be very difficult for them to do these key, key functions to the banking sector. That is all that I'm saying, Wednesday. Mm. Let's understand a few things. Okay, so yes, the Bank of Ghana has declared losses for the year 2022. And are you suggesting that because of this, it will be very, very difficult for the Bank of Ghana to find money as a lender of last resort? I'm not trying to say that because if you look at the research, we mm -hmm. say that potential, potential. Mm -hmm. And I said, if it's not well managed, if it's not well managed, it can hit us. Let's so look at... Need, uh, in crisis, you need to manage it well. Mm. I, I mean, we'll look at the impact on the economy, but let's look at how, how it can be well managed. Because, um, you know, for many people, they'll be very much concerned about the fact that uh, as a lender of last resort, you're not having challenges. You say, if not well managed, what would constitute well... I mean, the well management of, the, of this particular uh, issue? Let, let us assume today, today or tomorrow, five banks or out of the 23 or six banks go into, uh, they go to overnight clearing and they are not able to meet it. And this one will need 100 million, 200 million, 300 million, 200 million. And it can happen. If it happens that way, have they got enough reserves to, to play that role? That is what we are saying. Because in banking, you cannot be sure what will happen overnight. That is why we are saying that if it's not well managed, and should it happen, especially now that uh, the GDEP, don't forget the GDEP has also got its own one leg of liquidity, apart from solvency. So if 
it's not well managed. That is what we are saying that it can affect the sector as far as the lender of large resources is concerned. Yes, but I mean, what, what, what I really want to understand, I mean, the, the management is what is very important to me at this point. So let's create some scenarios. So let's say financial banks have issues. They have liquidity challenges. They need uh, help immediately. If the Bank of Ghana doesn't have money, certainly they cannot get it. But how does the Bank of Ghana ensure that it manages itself properly to be able to assist these banks if they have concerns within the short term? Well, they may have to look at their existing assets because some of the assets may have to be resold to put them in liquidity because not all the assets have gone bad. I mean, even the, 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 the long-term debt, I mean, that's only the risk that If it can be refinanced, then it puts them back in liquidity at least for the short term to be able to do the work that they're expected to do. There's a school of thought that says maybe we could print more money. You agree? Well, you know, printing more money, <laughs> that's, uh, we call it synagogy, synagogy effect. Printing more money brings its own problem, as you've noticed that. If you print money, the cost of printing the money and what the money does to the economy, that is very rare. And I'm not sure... Bank of Ghana will look at that option. Because currently, we are finding it very difficult to fight inflation. Now that today, inflation has half to 4.3, who knows the policy rate will be shut up to 31 or 32. So I, I'm not sure it's the best. They wouldn't look at that one because printing more money can compound our existing or our current and possibly future problems. So let's look at the other leg of the question, okay? I mean, there are those, so you, you, you say when it comes to the Bank of Ghana's management, it creates a problem. But let's look at the impact on the economy. That's one thing that a lot of people are being asking questions. They've asked the question, what does it mean for them? I mean, because they're just sitting there and asking themselves, okay, so the Bank of Ghana makes losses, and then what? You see, when we say the economy, when the banking sector is not functioning very well, as you are aware, after the GDP, so let me give you a history. History. The reason why Bank of Ghana debt has to be restructured is that we were not able to do the entire debt restructuring. If Bank of Ghana, if the, the minister has been able to get about 70, 80%, say about 190 million of the 250 something million debt, I'm not sure they would have taxed the Bank of Ghana. No, 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 no. They wouldn't. But after they couldn't get the whole people to sign on, then Bank of Ghana asked the man said that. It became the, they became the last point. They became a cushion effect, a cushion point. So in Bank of Ghana, if we had managed to restructure the debt, excluding the Bank of Ghana, that would have actually been an ideal situation for the bank, for the, for the bank, for the bank of Ghana to run efficiently. But unfortunately, after completing all the, we couldn't even do the 137. We have changed the goalposts, moved the goalposts, moved the goalposts. See, we're very able. So the thing is that to make a debt sustainable, they had to go to Bank of Ghana, restructure their accommodation finance, and restructure their non-marketable, their marketable and non-marketable finance. That has resulted into this. So in the eyes of the economy, a lot of people may not appreciate or understand. So people may not get bothered about it. What I'm saying is that it is only when the private sector has a problem with their banks 
which we then translate, uh, transmit into the central bank. That is where we will stay. But the good thing about this country, let me tell you a secret. There is a secret in this country. The secret is that there is so much information asymmetry between the whole country, especially when it comes to banking and finance. People do not even understand what is this going on. What, what is it going to happen? So that itself has been positive for Ghanaians. Because if Ghanaians are financially, financially illiterate, some things could have happened. But God being so good, we have so much information asymmetry between the banking, the finance, and... Dr. Etienne, what things could have happened if Ghanaians were financially literate? Yeah, there can be a rundown. Because in other jurisdictions, it happened in Russia when they did the DDEP and Ukraine. By the time they realized, there was a rundown on the bank. Yes, Ukraine. Ukraine and Russia, it happened. By the time they realized there was a rundown, and they did debt restructuring. That's what I'm saying. We have been very, very fortunate. These things don't come out. In one of your sister stations this morning, one professor said that the only thing that has kept us going is that there's too much information asymmetry. It is good because if people had access to the information, it, is, it will not be very good. But if, if you kept it kept to few people who understand, it is better so that the system can run and run so that we don't have any rundowns and challenges. Mm. Yes, but this rundown you're talking about, let's put that aside. So, I mean, I, I, I want us to understand it very well. So, today, the Bank of Ghana has made the losses. You've talked about how that can even impact their own, super, uh, you know, uh, vice role. You've talked about how that can actually, if the banks go, for instance, and they need loans from the Bank of Ghana and the Bank of Ghana doesn't have, it could affect us. The aspect of the economy, so if all of these things happen, let's get to appreciate in detail its impact, its effect, possibly, on the Ghanaian well, economy. All this is really cool. If it were to happen, if it were to actualize it or operationalize it, then the country could have come to a grinding halt. I have to say that. Yes, that one, I can say it as it is, because if all these things were operationalized or where this information has been captured into it, we could have a serious challenge. We could have a serious challenge because the thing is that how are we going to manage it? Because now, the person who is the lender of last resort is not going to do it. I mean, when we're doing the debt restructuring, Winston, let me tell you, the IMF, the World Bank, and the other international donor, African Bank, do you know what they told us? We we are the lender of last resort, so don't touch us, don't restructure really our debt. That is where, that is that's how important the central bank is. The central bank is equivalent to, to, the, to the World Bank and the IMF to the world. So if something should happen to them, then they could not do what they expected of them. Mm. Well, unfortunately, we have touched the Bank of Ghana. So you say that if we are not careful, if all the things you say could happen were to happen, will grind to a halt? Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the, in a the research, they say, set people's parents, all things being equal. Mm. If all things be equal, it can happen. But it's good all things are not equal. So that information asymmetry, I said you, I told you earlier, plays a critical role in the sector. So, so, so I mean, so let's look at the other side of all of this. I mean, we're talking earlier about the management of the 
uh, you know, issue. The Bank of Ghana has come out. They've talked about, uh, you know, what is expected of them. Uh, you know, they've talked about the fact that, you know, um, this is just because of what we have gone through. Uh, you will agree that um, what we were going through at the time, someone had to, uh, you know, suffer the consequence. Unfortunately, government did not suffer, but the Bank of Ghana suffered for it. Would you have preferred a situation where government suffered instead of the Bank of Ghana? In your delivery, in your opening statement, you said one professor said that the central bank is very important for the economy. Yes. All that I'm trying to tell you is that there is nothing wrong in what you did, but what is the regulatory framework that you used in doing it? I mean, the laws are there. If you want to go far and above the law, it's a very simple thing. I've always said that in, in my village, we say uh, common sense. My village, we say common sense. I would, I would have gone to the parliament and tell them that, looking at the circumstances surrounding us, I want you to help me so that we can move the limit, right? We move the limit as we did the physical responsibility act. We could have gone to Bank of the, the Parliament and told them, oh, Charlie, the economy is not doing well. The system is going to have a, Let us move the goalposts and move so that we can pass this to support the economy. There's nothing wrong about that. There's, there would have been nothing wrong about that. And that is the open, this is where I find it unbelievable. When we talk about physical, physical responsibility act, 982, we move it and got it done. Why didn't we move the Bank of Ghana Act to, to, lift, to, to lift the veil and say that we're going to go 30%, 40%? If we all had agreed and it has been passed, there was no problem about that. Because somebody had to bear the consequences. So that when the debt restructuring came in, people will not complain that somebody hasn't done his work and somebody has done that. That is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Now, Dr. Echiani, if we had all agreed, would the consequences have been different? Well, if we all agree and the consequences have come, then nobody will point accusing changes. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. On one party. So today, everybody is pointing fingers to the, to the governors and who haven't done their work. To me, to me, to me, I mean, is it the failure of the whole system? The failure of everybody, the executive the parliament, the legislature, which were supposed to have made sure that these things have been properly done. And if they had agreed, as I'm saying with the physical responsibility, which was suspended, we went to 14.1% of the GDP, if you remember, and then we came to 11.1%. Nobody is complaining about that. We couldn't we have done the same thing on the monetary side. It would have done that. It would have been, everybody would have been kept known of it, and nobody would have complained. And even if you complain, you're part of the problem. But you see, if you allow people to do it and everybody is complaining that this one didn't do this, you are find it a bit unbelievable. I mean, Dr. Echaini, if you, if, you, if you make the point that at least they should have gone to Parliament. Now, if they went to Parliament and got the approval of Parliament, 
and still give this money to government, we would be where we are today. Then it will be everybody's cup of tea mm. or every, everybody's cup of cocoa. Rather than today, is the central bank which is now bearing the brunt of everybody's problem. Shouldn't, shouldn't it then be more of a case of don't do this instead of seeking parliamentary approval? Well, if you, if, you, if you do the parliamentary approval, it means you get everybody involved. Nobody can appoint a case fees on you. That is all that I'm saying. Yeah, but if everybody, if, if everybody is involved, does it change the scenario and does it change yes, the impact? Yes, the argument that has come out post this would not have been the way it is going. You see, we should always see things in actions and in actions, and the in actions what it brings to the end. If we all agree, I'm not sure people will call for the head of everybody, <laughs> which for me, which I know very well, we've all created a problem. Today, mm-hmm. very good thing is that. Today you can discuss this openly. And it's very good. Because if it hasn't happened and we're discussing it, I don't know how many people would have called you to tell you to shut up and stop what you're doing. Because when I did the first DDEP uh, write-up, I mean, I had so many people saying this and that about me. But you see, when I do the research, I take my time. I read other literature. I do comparative studies. And then before I come up. But when I did that one. But fortunately, today, unfortunately that what has happened has happened. Everybody is talking about it. So we begin to probe in as if today we have become experts of everything. When it was being done, the, when it was being done, how do we look at it? Well, so let me quote something for you. Let All me right. quote before maybe we, we come to an end. Let me quote you this year. I know it's in the Maybe it's also in the Quran. In Luke 14, 28, Jesus says something. Whoever puts a house without sitting down to think about it, if you're not able to complete, we will laugh at you. What you want, what you make is that every time you want to do something, you will sit down to know the cost implication and the, and the implication on the entire economy. I doubt very much. I doubt very much. If I want to do it, I want to do it because I want to do it. But as to the cost and what will happen, you only think about it after it has happened. So I always say that we are not proactive. We are retroactive people. Because if we are proactive, these questions that I'm saying today would have been said and the answers would have been given so that today it will never be a new story. Good heads rule? Well, uh, help me. When you say head rule, I refer to the Constitution, Section 183. And then Bank of Ghana at uh, the amended 617. It gives a clear indication how people could be removed, especially the governor and the, the deputy governors. Let me go to the deputy governors. In deputy governors, 20B says that, 20B says that when the man, the, and the person has misbehaved or incompetent, the third one is that when you are physically incapable, incapacitated, then they will take you off. So when people are calling, I don't know which side of the law. Is it the law or the constitution? And the constitution wants to say the same thing. So I was thinking that all those people who are saying it, have they gone through the constitution very well, 183, and see how governments are removed by our own setting? And even that, let me tell you, when, when they say you're going to remove it, it is the very same president who has to constitute a committee 
by a judge of, I think the, a judge could be a, a pre-court judge, or, and then a lawyer of an experience, and then a banker or an economist. The same person who is going to do it. But in other jurisdiction, the Constitution will not say that. The Constitution would have said that an independent person would have to appoint independent people to look at it. So, who are calling for shots and who are calling for, they need to go and revisit the Constitution very well. And they look at the banking act which they passed in 2016 to see that, is it feasible? Is it going to be something? Which way are you going to charge them? Even on the governor's side, there's nothing like <laughs> misbehavior or incompetence or incapacity. No, there's nothing. It's only the two deputy government. So those who are calling for help must please go back and revisit the laws and the constitution and see that if what they are saying is truly true and they can do it. That is what my advice to people. Are you suggesting that nothing can be done to the governor? Oh, I'm not suggesting. <laughs> Wilson, I always believe in empirical evidence, mm. empirical evidence or theoretical evidence. I'm speaking from the evidence point of view in the Constitution and the Bank of Ghana Act, Section 20B and 20A, in the Bank of Ghana, 918-2016. I'm speaking from them, so I'm not challenging anybody. And I'm not doubting anybody's capacity, capability, because I don't know the weapons, the tools they have, or what they have which I don't have. What mm. I have is the Constitution which I just quoted and the law. So that is all that I'm saying. I'm not saying nobody can do anything. No one they know what they want to do, sir. If you were the governor of the Bank of Ghana, would you have resigned? Would I have resigned? Yes. Well, when people say this, <laughs> being a Ghanaian anyway. <laughs> Dr. Etuani, tell me. You put a very relevant question to me. Mm -hmm. I, I could see Etuani. I would not even do compromise to find myself in that situation. If you know me well, you can check my history from where SSB, NIB, South Atlantic, and Banking College. I'm, I, I, you, you, I'm not somebody who easily reaches things and then say whether I want to go. I won't do it, let alone be taken out. So you may possibly have sacked me, and I would possibly enjoy the sacking. <laughs> because I would not. Let me repeat. The values that have been inculcated in me by my parents. I don't think I want to do anything that will damage the reputation of where the village that I come from and the family. So, number one, I wouldn't have done that, let alone resigning. Either I would have been sacked and I would go because that will not be the end of life. So, you wouldn't have given money to the government at a very difficult time in our history because it's against the Bank of Ghana Act. Yes, I didn't hear you, sir. I'm saying, so you are saying that if you found you, if you were governor, at that time when we needed money the most, you wouldn't have given it because it was contrary to the law. All that I would have said, they may not like it because I know the law and I know the law applicable to me. I'll say, sir, I plead with you. Can you go to parliament and get prior approval. If you do it, it means I have the mandate, mandate to do it, then I will do it. But if you assume that because I'm there and I will go and compromise my position, I'm sorry, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. Because I want to I want to relax relax and sleep and sleep well. Okay. So you say you wouldn't have even found yourself in a position first of all. But let's look at um uh, you know, Dr. Addison, he finds himself in that position. And the minority is calling for his head. They say he should resign. You agree? Well, that is what I told you, uh, Wilson. I told you earlier that I don't know where they are coming from. Uh, I don't know what they have and which I don't know. I'm only basing my argument on the law, as I've told you. Is it in compliance with the law? Is it in compliance with the Constitution? So be it. If it is that. Let everybody pursue what they are doing, and let us see the end point. As the chemistry people will say, saturation, we'll see the end of it. Dr. Addison, would you, have, would you advise him to stay or resign? <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, I can never, I will never be like Addison, because he's my, he's my big senior, he's my big colleague. So he's bigger than me. So I can never say whether I, I, I was in his shoes. What I'm saying so is that... If you can I still advise him. I'm saying that. I wouldn't be in his shoes like that. Because I would have first looked for the proactive issues. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, asking, I'm asking you a very simple question. If you were to advise him, what would you tell him? If you were to advise him? Yes. Ah, he's getting good advice not from people like me. Yes, uh, but, 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 but I, want, I, want, I want your advice to him. Okay, if you want my candidate's opinion, uh, <laughs> there is a key. Kodana Kodana Prekukumi means that with all these hustle and jostle, he, he has done a service to the country. But if now they realize that you want to go, I think I want to go and rest. I want to go and rest and rest quietly. I would have gone quietly because... Uh, uh, your parents and your children and your grandchildren may not always see you on the news and talking about it. It puts a lot of pressure on the family. And don't forget, in Africa, we belong to a bigger family. So if you ask me candid opinion, from my point of view, I would have gone quietly and leave all the matter to the people who want to do it. That is my candid advice. You would have resigned. Oui, I've told you. I said I would have gone quiet. Oh, going quietly, you want me to say resign. Okay. <laughs> I would have gone quietly by resigning. Mm. But maybe I wouldn't have even waited for the, these issues to come. Because, you see, when it comes like this, people are saying different things. People don't even understand. The interpretation given to certain things, the words they use and all those things, it is quite hurting. At least, you have done a national service for your country. Only for the end to be tear uh, into pieces as if you are not a human being. So for me, uh, <laughs> I would possibly take a, a rest and then go and enjoy a little life. Dr. Rich Tuyahene, thank you very much for joining us this evening. We're very grateful to you. Right, so that's um, Dr. Richmond Etienne, who is a banking consultant, joining us this evening on Upfront on the Joy News Channel on behalf of the team. My name is Winston Amwa. Thank you very much for joining us. Coming up is Joy News Prime. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. 
nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. 